Hi guys, it's Jaren. I'm back after being gone for forever. Um, and the fact that my other episodes were me just ranting on my Instagram when typically I would upload my thoughts immediately to my podcast, but I didn't do that. I just (laughs) started ranting on my Instagram and I can't sleep and I'm under my blanket right now seriously because it's really cold and I can't sleep. I just took a melatonin pill so I gotta make this quick because I'm probably gonna knock out because I'm the type of person that as long as my brain is running I can't sleep no matter how tired I am. If my brain is running I can't sleep so I need something to intervene (laughs) and take the reins for me. Um... And I just got out of a job interview because I'm getting a new client. I'm still with the same company. It's just that I had to change clients because, um, I don't know why I'm explaining this, by the way, because you don't need to know, but essentially the company, I guess, didn't need a trainer anymore because, um, their new group leader essentially, you know, started doing training for their, his team, which is totally fine, because, like, I mean, he's one in the same, he might as well do it, but anyways, um, I just got out of a job interview, and, like, what's funny was the Filipina girl, <laughs> I guess, was, like, trying to be intimidating, <laughs> and it's, like, I don't get intimidated by anybody anymore, it's, like, the fact that like I I don't know what it is but like I feel like I've become like so defiant that like just nothing scares me anymore I don't know what's wrong with me but like every question she like tried to throw at me like she was trying to (laughs) make it like sound intimidating and then I was like, well, the way the question was posed, it made it sound as though I wasn't supposed to answer in this manner or whatever. And I'm like, check me. <laughs> like, just no one can just, I just, I'm not talking out of my ass or like thinking too highly of myself, but like, I'm witty as fuck. Like, ain't nobody can fucking touch me. <laughs> I'm just saying, cause like, I don't know, like, people try to be intimidating and it's like no one really scares me anymore like I don't I don't know if it's because I've grown up or like I don't know what it is but like no one scares me anymore like literally like nobody and that's probably why I get in trouble a lot because so there's a name for a disorder where you like are very opposed to people of authority is that a like I sometimes I or if I'm irreverent, I don't even know, I, probably not, I don't know, I've just grown up to be, I guess, like, defiant in a way that, like, I'm not really scared of people anymore, and I'd rather speak my truth, which honestly is, I'm proud of myself for that, so when I thought I was dying and I needed surgery, you know, I felt proud of myself, and if I died, I died, whatever, (laughs) Like, I lived my truth, and I was influencing people to do the same, and I was proud of that. So, yeah. I didn't die, though, so I'm still here. Obviously. Anyways, I wanted to do an episode because I could not sleep at all. I want to go to sleep really bad, and I'm really tired, but I can't seem to do it, and I didn't even sleep 
the best the other night. So the fact that I'm awake right now, I don't understand it. But I wrote a list of the 27 things that I learned at 27 because, and I think I did um, an episode like this when I was 24, 25. I don't even remember anymore. It was still when I was at my second job. So my first, so this is all 27 things that I learned on my way to 27 and there's probably more or like things that I've repeated or like things that should have taken the place of other things, but I yeah, could have misplaced them or forgot about them because I literally wrote this like hours earlier and you know, it's not the type of list where like I had days to put some thought into it. I just kind of like dug in my brain. Um, but I mean, these are things that I did actually learn, so I'm not making anything up, and you're gonna find out why, because these are, like, super personal. So, the first one is that not everyone is out to get me, because I grew up essentially being bullied my whole life, and so it's hard to trust, and you kind of get an abandonment fear, because you've kind of learned that everyone is out to get you and the people that are supposed to be there for you typically are not. Um, you're lucky if you were bullied and your family stood by you. Um, some people in my family were not able to do that or stand up for me and so I guess that's why like my like with trust it really is not just with relationships like it's all-encompassing I guess which sucks but okay. Um, but, you know, it helped me kind of not react in a way where I'm assuming that everyone is out to get me and, you know, I'm not going off of my first instincts based upon my fears. So I think that this was really helpful for me to learn. And if they are out to get me, I mean, it would be clearly overt. If it were not overt, then I'd have to think about it because, like, with females like some people are good at being covert bitches so (laughs) but that's besides the point I'm just saying that not everyone is out to get me and it, it took a while for me to not look at things through that lens because I remember when I was in college like I had a wall up for absolutely everybody and I didn't really let people in and I pretty much just like whenever I got too close to like a female friend or any friend for that matter I would like remind myself like you don't know this person they could fucking hurt you whenever they want and I don't have that anymore I'm just open to you know like letting someone show me who they are now essentially the second thing I learned is to allow myself to be vulnerable and trust Um, see, this is what I learned from my captain from my job is that, you know, because she was, she'd been through a physically abusive relationship. And she said that, you know, trusting is essentially a risk that you take. Because it wouldn't be a risk if you were sure about everything. It wouldn't be a risk if you could control the situation. And because you can't, you just have to risk it. Like, that's just it. It's literally a trust fall. (laughs) And it's hard to allow yourself to be vulnerable 
but I had to work on that, and, you know, I, I, I started with, like, just friends, or, like, everyday people, like, for example, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't used to open up to just anybody, and now even my coach knows that I've had surgery, (laughs) like, that's not, I don't know, I mean, I'm open on the internet, But just the people around me, I just don't let people get too close. And when they do get close, I'm suspicious of them because trauma. So allowing myself to be relaxed and being vulnerable and putting myself into someone's hands is, you know, still difficult, but not not that hard anymore because I worked on it. Um, I'm not sure how I worked on it. I just probably a lot of stoicism and a lot of just letting things happen to me I think and whenever I talk to guys I just let things happen and not try to control things and things would usually happen on their own and so I think that's how I worked on my vulnerability and I didn't try to act on my fears so for example if they you know like did something that made me anxious and you know part of me would like my brain would be screaming to jump ship and I would stay and see what would happen and then they would explain hey like this happened I had to be away for like two seconds or something or you know like an hour or whatever and then I'm like oh okay and then they keep showing up and they keep not leaving and so I don't know, it just kind of showed me that it's okay to put yourself in someone's hands, and even if things would go wrong, you are still able to, you know, take yourself out of someone's hands. Does that make sense? I feel like I sound ridiculous right now, but you know what I mean. Like, it's it's more like a trust in yourself that you'll be okay if they fail you. It's trusting in them in a way that you'll be fine if they mess up. But it's also trusting them in that way. Does that make sense? Okay, so the third thing is to allow whatever happens, happen. So, I have always been an anxious person ever since I started getting bullied. Like, I remember before I got bullied, I was so carefree. I was talking to everybody. I was, I was literally so extroverted. And when everything started happening, I just, I guess I changed, and I was no longer that. So I had anxiety, and I still have it, (laughs) but I don't sweat anymore, like, not physically, and I don't mean literally. I mean, I just, whenever I get nervous about anybody... Or, you know, it's like, my brain is like, oh, well, what if they're doing this right now? And I'm like, alright, then let them. Because I'm no longer standing in a place of fear. I'm now standing in a place of confidence where it's like, well, if they fuck up, they fuck up. And they fumbled me. (laughs) And I can replace them. Number four... Um, I learned that people expose themselves anyway. So even people that don't snoop or, like, try to find someone cheating, like, it just happens. Like, they just, you just find out. 
and that made me realize that you don't really have to lift a finger. People <laughs> will essentially expose themselves, and I'm struggling right now because my phone turned off and I have to switch it back on so I can see my list. Um, it will suck, of course, if your time is wasted, but, I mean, that's just what happens, unfortunately. Like, people lose years of marriage to infidelity, and it's not their fault. It's just they had shitty partners. Um, that, oh, number five, that I can pull anyone I want. (laughs) So, you guys know I'm a sexually active adult person, woman, lady, and I kind of revel in the fact that a lot of the guys I pull are, like, really cute, (laughs) or, like, of quality, you know, like, that treat me like a person, like, that I'm intelligent, that are, like, sweet to me, that have the same kinks that I do, And a lot of the time, I don't know what it is, if I can, like, tell. I swear, I have no x-ray vision, but, like, they have giant dicks. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, the guys I usually end up meeting or talking to, like, oh my god, we send each other, like, pics or videos back and forth, and it's like, they have the, oh my god, like, they're fucking packing a ruler in there. Like, I don't, like, I don't know how I pick or how I know I swear it's like I just and like for example like I swipe on a hot guy and like he swipes the fuck back and I'm like oh my fucking god I can literally get anybody I want and (laughs) this is probably not gonna be cool for like my future boyfriend or something but I have a guy that's following me that I don't follow back but I consider to be the cutest guy I've ever fucking pulled. And he follows me on Instagram. And he's so beautiful. Like, he's so beautiful to me. Like, it's just, you're a guy. You're not allowed to be that pretty. Like, why are you this pretty? Like, I I don't understand. But, like, he's kind of my proof that, like, I can literally fucking pull anybody I fucking want. Like, seriously. Um, and... So, that leads into lesson number six, which is to not view things through a lack mentality. Because when you know that you are of quality because you've worked on yourself, whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, and you know what you're worth, and you know that you would offer so much to a person, and for example, you're talking to a guy, they hurt you, they cheat on you, or things just don't work out or you just don't connect which you know happens because sometimes when it's just online like it's hard to connect I can't do that like I would need to meet someone in person initially first um I don't well sometimes I do but like because I'm an anxious person obviously but I don't feel doom or like fear that like I will never find what I want because I no longer look at things through a lack mentality because I know that I can pull anyone I want therefore I can pull anyone I want and like the world is my oyster (laughs) lesson number seven is to not blame things that aren't my fault if things don't work out so this is not to mean that, you know, we just make excuses and not take accountability for our shit because that's not what I mean. I mean, like, if you truly know that it's it wasn't your fault that things didn't work out, 
then it's not your fault. It's just that women tend to blame ourselves when things don't work out even though it wasn't our fault. We just tend to do that. And I catch myself doing that sometimes. Like, for example, if you get ghosted, which is pretty common for absolutely everybody, and I freak out and I'm like, oh, am I not pretty enough? Was I not funny enough? Or, like, what, yada, yada, yada. Or if a guy's a jerk to me. Like, I had a jerk that I spoke to on Bumble. And the people that know me know that, like, my tonality is kind of funny when I'm feeling silly or happy. And I was sending voice messages back and forth. And he literally just, like... And this is a man that wants access to my body. Like, you don't speak to a woman like that, let alone someone that you want (laughs) access to, you know? Like, that is so disrespectful. I feel like some guys on dating apps, like, take out their frustrations with their old relationships or their current dating life or their insecurities out on women that they're talking to right now because they go for the assault. So I don't know if he counts as a nice guy, but he came off as sweet first and then like suddenly he was trying to belittle me for how I sounded because like I was trying to be silly, which for everyone that knows me, I just sound like that because I mean, I'm me. So I don't know, like when I'm silly, like my tone goes up and down like uncontrollably, but that's just how I am. And you know, the old anxious me would have been like oh like oh my god like was I doing too much but like my new common sense brain is like nah he's a jerk (laughs) don't even sweat it lesson number eight to act based upon my self-worth and what I know I deserve instead of acting upon lack so again I've kind of I've started to, for example, back when I was very insecure and thought that, like, because this was around after my abusive relationship, and so I felt as though I was undeserving of good things or a good person, and when you get put through that, you kind of learn new behavior, where you think that you're never going to find someone else, or you'll never be good enough for a good person, or that you don't deserve a good person, and so you tend to act... Um, in either self-sabotaging ways or you tend to take abuse (laughs) because you think that you don't deserve anything anymore, which is really sad, but, you know, I was put through that and so I'm unlearning a lot of things. So when I say that I'm acting based upon my self-worth, for example, if a guy is a jerk to me, I don't just let it pass anymore. (laughs) Like, um... Because, I mean, a lot... I don't know what it is, but, like, this is why I don't like civilians. Because it's like they don't know how to talk to women. Or they just... I've had the best experiences with men in uniform. I'm just going to say that. Whether that's fucking firefighters or or military guys. Like, I've just had the best experience with them. I don't know if it's, like, because they've explored the world more. And their eyes are more open to certain things. I don't know what it is. But, like, typically... Ugh, I've had the weirdest experiences with, like, civilian dudes. Seriously. Um, I'm not saying all military guys are fucking angels or fucking perfect. Obviously not. There's bad people in every place. But I'm just saying, all in all, my experience with them would be the best. And that's why I like them a lot. Um, and have always liked them. Even firefighters. But, for example... I would act upon myself, uh, based upon my self-worth, like, for example, if, um, 
a guy was a jerk to me, my old self would let it pass and take the abuse. My new self would just be like, no, ew, and then, like, totally, like, just remove them and not accept that behavior because I know that I deserve better. So, um, lesson number nine is to act based upon my best judgment and not upon suspicion. So, I have anxiety, and so... I usually act upon my fears in the moment when my emotions are highest, not when my mind is, you know, fully intact and in working condition and not overrun with emotions and suspicion. And so I don't know what it is, but like having worked on myself, I've just felt a lot calmer and I don't know if a guy were to put me in a situation where I shouldn't be anxious, but he's making me anxious, and I feel like that would just be on him. Um, But recently, like, I just have been so much better about that and much calmer about (laughs) relationships. I do notice that, like, so I was, I, you know, I talk to guys, and the ones that I can't see in person, I can't connect with. And so I feel like I sabotage those because... I feel like there wouldn't be a future because I can't connect with guys that I've only ever met online. Like I would need to meet them in person and catch feelings at least if we're going to have to have, if we're going to have hope of forming anything, like you're going to have to meet me in person. Um, I'm not opposed to talking or staying in contact. Obviously it's that you'd have to see me in person (laughs) for me to like, like somebody. So, um, uh, tag based upon my self worth and oh, okay, we're on number 10 to take someone at their word until their actions say otherwise. So, I used to just never believe anybody at all, and this isn't just with relationships like I would be anxious about what people thought about me like for example I go to the gym and like be paranoid about like oh my god like they're looking at me here like you know and then like I would you know assume that they're being weird but I guess this mostly applies with relationships Um, but, see, like, I'm sniffling. My head is out of the blanket. It's just really cold right now, and I don't know why. Um, but I've kind of, so I get anxious, right? And then I would ask the guy what is going on or whatever. And instead of pursuing things further, I kind of let it slide, and I'm, I just tell myself that you know whatever happens happens and they will expose themselves if something's going on and I can replace them so it's a triple whammy of not being anxious does that make sense I feel like I'm being so repetitive um and then uh lesson number 11 the trusting and practicing Oh, oh, and protecting myself is a balancing act. That's actually still difficult for me because coming from a history where I'm supposed to be afraid of people, 
where do I find the balance of protecting myself and putting up a, you know, like a nice wall versus just being vulnerable and allowing myself to trust someone, especially because with dating, you don't know the person, you just know you like them, and so you allow yourself to get a glimpse of them and vice versa. And I'm still learning a balance, but I guess it, it just comes down to trusting my, my, my best judgment on things, my instincts on how I feel a situation is going, if I trust the person or if they sound off. But then again, like, you don't really know if you can trust yourself because you have anxiety or you've been through some shit. And so it becomes, like, this whole overthinking, like, loophole. Um, it's definitely a balance. And I'm in, I'm in the part of my life where I'm, I'm trying to trust. Um, lesson number 12 is that I am no longer in the past that Oh, no, uh, I, oh, what? I can't even understand my own handwriting that I am no longer, because I wrote this in cursive, that I'm no longer in the past, but me and, what? But am currently living my future. So when I get anxious or when I am going through something, and I, cause I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I have relationship PTSD because there were times where I would experience a similar thing and it would trigger me. And I, my brain would deliver me back to a moment in the past where I'm crying in bed and I'm just depressed and crying all day because that person did something that really hurt me and not just my relationship PTSD but also the way I think about things when I get anxious and my brain reverts back to how I used to think I remind myself that I'm not in that same relationship anymore I'm not being abused anymore I'm not being hurt anymore and, you know, it's not even the same person. <laughs> and so I'm reminding myself that because, you know, we tend to want to protect ourselves with our previous experiences, but we're not even in the same time or place anymore. And so it wouldn't make sense to enact those same things on your current situation because it's not even the same situation anymore. Unless you're not growing and you're still stuck in the same situations, then it's really time to realize that you're not in the same situation anymore and it's okay to let go and feel safe. Um, lesson number 13, that just because some people have hurt me, it doesn't mean the next one will. Um, this applies to everybody, but mostly in relationships for me. A lot of this is relationship lessons because I've had to really work on myself and really look at my problems and really confront myself because otherwise I'm not going to change. Um, <clears throat> but I'm losing my throat, you guys, because it's cold. 
So, I recently talked to a guy who had it, has anxiety, but I don't think he knows, and he sounded really insecure, and kind of just how I was, and he, like, said the fact that he hated that girls would go clubbing, like, not with their boyfriends, and I'm like, they have lives too, and they would want to go out with their friends the same way guys would do the same thing, and it's not, you know, it's dependent on someone's character whether or not they will hurt you and cheat on you, it's a case-by-case basis. It's, it's it's choosing someone with with integrity. And if they don't have that, then they don't have that. And so that's why I'm saying that just because someone else has hurt you, it doesn't mean the next person will. Um, the next lesson, number 14, that someone's actions depend on their character. So just because someone has cheated doesn't mean oh wait that's literally the same thing okay so I guess that was a repeat I'm not sure what to replace that with right now so we're gonna keep moving number 15 that accountability is the hardest thing for people to have learn and possess so um my family tends to sweep things under the rug I however do not if we have issues and you're not treating me right I will either cut you off or literally tell you what's wrong with you. (laughs) Um, And I realized that accountability truly is the most difficult thing for people to to have or to, to possess because it's harder to sweep things under the rug than actually confront the issues that's causing you to act certain ways because it's easier to just not pretend you don't know what's wrong with you (laughs) or that you're hurting people i tossed my phone by accident and it stopped recording but you're probably not going to notice because the editing and whatever um i'm starting to get tired the melatonin is working um lesson number 16 that some people would rather bury their actions than to be self-aware or take accountability again it's it's it kind of coincides with 15 but this lesson more so is that people would rather not fix themselves and i guess that's why some guys end up like not learning their lessons until they're like 50 um lesson number 17 that feelings won't kill me And that I can allow myself to feel sad, anxious, or depressed and handle it alone. So what this is, is usually when I'm uncomfortable and I have uncomfortable feelings, I typically go and call someone immediately because I can't handle it myself. And I've, during my depression era, I forced myself to sit with my emotions and to let them pass through me and be okay with them happening and not uh, my throat's drying up and not call anyone essentially just let myself be uncomfortable and it's really hard but and I'm not saying that you can't ask for help obviously if you need it go and ask for it but 
I wanted to be stronger (laughs) by giving myself exposure therapy to my emotions and essentially know that if I didn't have anybody at all that I can truly handle things alone because I am the only person I have at the end of the day and so I want to be able to handle my emotions like if my friends are busy and they can't answer I want to be able to you know be okay with my emotions and like a lot of the time for example if you're if you're anxious and you're unable to sit with your anxiety it causes you to be impulsive and do things that are not in your best interest or are not things that you've decided while you're calm and you've decided to do certain things because you're emotionally charged and so it leads to self-sabotaging because you're not in your right mind right now but you tend to do things because you're anxious and so I've learned to sit with my emotions and let them pass and be calm so I can make you know I can think about it and have better decisions later instead of being impulsive and ruining my life so that's actually a really good thing to learn is being able to sit with my feelings and not you know like ruin whatever because I'm anxious and make decisions on the fly um lesson number 18 that people act based upon how they were programmed by their traumas and don't know that they're on autopilot um I mean, that's self-explanatory. Do I really have to explain that? Because honestly, a lot. and I used to be on autopilot too, thinking, oh, I would never change. This is just how I am. This is how I've been. Same with, like, my glow up. I didn't know I could change my body and lose weight. I just thought that was how I was going to look forever, and I didn't know that I had control over it. It's the same with your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions. You can control it, and you can have the reins of that horse in your hands but you know before you realize that you don't really know and so a lot of the time a lot of people are on autopilot and are acting just based upon how you know life fucked them up (laughs) so lesson number 19 that I can only control myself and how I react to things And stoicism really helped my anxiety. Shout out to my guy friend who gave me stoicism to listen to. um, Because it did really help me um, with regards to my little working on myself. Um, Lesson number 20. That things don't happen to me but for me. Because you can always turn a problem into a positive for you somehow. I'm not saying everything of course, just shitty things happen sometimes, but a lot of the time, certain things happen, and you can use it to your advantage somehow, whether that's improving as a person, or in a different way, like, you you just can, and it's better to look at problems as, oh, they're happening for me, because I can gain something out of this, rather than being in a victim mentality and constantly being bogged down and feeling sad. At least it gives you a challenge. At least it gives you a way to grow. Um, lesson number 21, that even family can be expendable. I've had to cut certain people out of my life. And, um, like for my dad, for example, our relationship has gotten so much better. But sometimes people don't realize how they're acting until you can't stand them anymore and so 
it just has to happen sometimes. Um, number 22, that your life is like your phone. Oh, this is, this was my epiphany that I explained to a friend, I don't remember when, but that your life is like your phone. The settings are according to your usage. So why would you live life according to how someone else wants you to when you're the only one that's using that phone? (laughs) So it's self-explanatory. It's just I realized it one day because my life is like my phone. Like I have my settings, my themes, my apps all in there, um, you know, customized for my usage. So if my life is customized for my usage and how it would fit me the best... Why would I use someone else's phone with different settings and stuff that don't meld with me? That won't benefit my life or make it more complicated? Because if you think about it, if you grabbed your friend's phone right now, you don't know where everything is. It would be so hard to use because you don't know where everything is. Like, imagine, like, being an Apple fanboy and then you switch to an Android or vice versa and you don't know where anything is. It's the same thing. It's like when you're trying to live someone else's dream or someone else's life that they've placed upon you or just how society wants you to be, it wouldn't be nice for you because you would be uncomfortable. You would be confused because you don't know where everything is. Nothing suits you. Nothing makes you comfortable. But this is more of an analogy for me and how... I feel as though I'm expected to be a certain way because I live here and it's very conservative and um, I get invited to do hosting gigs and I just feel like everyone expects me to have a certain personality that I do not possess and is not me really and I don't like that and I feel uncomfortable when people ask me to be something that I'm not. So that's just an epiphany I had. Lesson number 23... To not assume the worst out of everyone. This has also allowed me to be less anxious. Like, usually when I have, um, I get triggered by something and it makes me anxious. I don't assume that it's the worst possible thing that's happening right now. And I think that the reason why I started doing that is because when I was experiencing abuse... It was the worst possible thing that was happening right now. (laughs) And so I was programmed to think that if someone else is doing that same exact thing, then, oh, it must be the worst thing right now. And then they they just forgot or they were doing this or doing that, you know. So I no longer expect or assume the worst out of everybody. My throat is drying out because (laughs) it's so cold in here. Lesson number 24, I no longer care for the reason someone might have to reject me. So this is actually something recent that happened. Um, My supervisor had deactivated her account or something like that, and it made me so anxious. But I realized, like, why? I didn't do anything. Why am I nervous? Like, if they have their own personal reasons, then that's their personal reason. Why am I worried about this like they must be having problems right now or they just don't want to be online and that's on them that's okay like I'm I don't care like I'm not nervous and then my brain just immediately went calm and because usually like 
and because I have history with being bullied too, like immediately, and my assumptions like, oh my god, like everyone like hates me. <laughs> Lesson number twenty-five: I no longer care how other girls. See, uh, I can't read my own handwriting. See me or what they think of my wildness. So. I don't know, for some people my clothes can be shocking or how I speak or how I act can be shocking. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to be my regular funny self and if you can't handle it, then you can choke. I don't care. Um, Lesson number 26, I'm no longer, I no longer get anxious about how I show up in the world or care what people think. As long as I like it. So this more pertains to like how I dress. Because I've just faced so much adversity from that. And like I'm the number one. I If I can be a millionaire. If I could get a dollar for every time I got <laughs> dress coded. I'd be a billionaire. Um, lesson number 27. That some people are too far gone for change. And all you can do is manage your exposure to them. Um, I've had to deal with this with my mom recently, and I'm going to open up about that um, regarding my surgery. Because that's where I kind of realized that she's never going to change. But, yeah, it's it gives you peace, too. When you realize that, for example, because like usually it's our, and I speak to my cousin, too a lot and we share the fact that our previous generation has messed us up and he's in the u.s navy by the way so and he doesn't talk to his parents i mean he talks to his mom but the fact that they both have messed him up somehow mine have messed me up somehow and they usually the older generation won't want to admit it But the thing is, why would you need them to admit it? You know what happened. You, why do you not trust yourself when it comes to believing that it happened? You were there, you know what happened, you know that they messed you up. Why do you need validation for them messing you up? I understand that, like, some people need that kind of closure to move on from their trauma from their parents. But why do you need it? All you need to know is that you experienced it, it was real, you confronted whoever hurt you, and they don't want to admit it, they don't want to man up, and you can't change it. It would just give you peace to work on what you need to within yourself, and just leave them hanging. Because it takes a lot more energy to try to change someone, and... They aren't even capable of changing themselves, so why bother? Why bother? Like, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that they are worth changing and they are worth working on. They don't see themselves worthy as getting better. You see that they're worthy, but they don't see that they're worthy. Nothing in this world can have you convincing them that they are. They have to want help for themselves. They have to want to know 
how to be better. As long as there is no want, there will be no change. So, I've had to come to terms with this with my parents, I think last year? And it's just much more peaceful to know that, you know, because with my mom, for example, I've tried to talk to her several times about our history and, but there's no changing that anymore. All I can do is control my exposure to her and my dad as well sometimes. But other than that, the older generation is too far gone for change. They can't accept criticism. I don't know what it is, but who gave them that much audacity? And I guess we're missing one more lesson because number 14, was it, was a fluke because I'd repeated something. So when I think of a different lesson that I've learned, I will say that in the next episode where I talk about how there's always something happening to me because I literally witnessed a man's attempted suicide. I kid you not. There's something that's all, there's always something happening to me. Um, I sound crazy and I don't feel like I sound pretty right now. So I'm going to go and go to sleep, but I'm going to see you in the next episode. Goodbye.